Hello and welcome back to another episode and season of Full Circle, a healthcare podcast by Aventus Whole Health. I'm your host, Kim Howe, Program Manager of Training and Clinical Education. We're excited to be back from our winter hiatus, and we've got another great season of clinical knowledge coming your way with a jam-packed lineup of guests you're sure to not want to miss. Make sure that you're following us so you don't miss out on any episodes every Tuesday. Our first episode of 2024 is our February edition of A Seat at the Table, which you might remember is our series where we hear from members of the Aventus team about their journey into healthcare and how they make an impact at Aventus. Joining us this week is Regional Clinical Lead and LCSW, Lee Farinek. Lee is the Regional Clinical Lead in our Carolina's East Territory. Let's listen in. So with us today is Lee Farinek, who is one of our Regional Clinical Leads, and I am excited to talk to her about how she found her way here. So welcome, Lee. Hey, Dr. Sampson. Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to become an LCSW? What led you to make that decision? Yeah, it was it was an interesting journey. I, I was at ECU, originally nursing major, and just said something I want to do to help people that I thought I could make a living out of. And I learned really quickly that I don't like to physically touch people and do anything that is with bodily functions. So that I learned real quick that that was not for me. So my sister, who I'm best friends with, and she's only 16 months older than me, she was already in school social work. And she told me, Lee, you want to help people? You're good with people. Why don't you take some intro classes and see if that's something that interests you? So I took it and it grabbed my interest from the beginning. So I knew that a bachelor's was not where I was going to stop. So I knew that higher education was something that was a requirement for me. So I loved that there was a path I could go into the master's and then go into counseling. And so I loved being able to help people be in the healthcare world and not have to deal with the physical parts, just the mental parts of people's health. Sometimes it is about knowing what you don't want to do. Right. 100%. I, I went into college and said, and that's pretty much, I ruled out what I did not want to do over and over. And then I said, wow, it's got all the elements of wanting to help people, be in healthcare, work with multiple different populations, grow a career, but did, did not have those things that I knew were not for me. <laughs> so you established yourself in this path toward becoming an LCSW and you get that credential, how did you find your way into long-term care and with Aventus specifically? I was working on an ACT team, severe and persistent mental illness, and was happy as a clam. And I actually got a random call from our recruiter, Mark Crane, and somebody I had been to grad school with was working here at Aventus. And she gave a name and her off to Mark. When he gave me a call, we talked about what I was currently doing, what my opportunities were here and the the rest was history. It sounded like a great opportunity, a population that I would like, a lot of autonomy and a lot of opportunity for financial growth and career growth. Well, so let's talk about career growth for a minute because I know that you spent significant time providing a lot of direct service, but you're one of our stars in leadership now. How did you transition into becoming a leader? About two years of being a therapist on the team, and I'm a big believer in engaging, and I tell everybody that ever interviews when they talk about support and fellowship at this company, I always say it needs to be intentional engagement, and that's truly how I believe I got into this position. Yes, 
I was doing good therapy. Yes, I understood how to make the system work for me, but I engaged and I went to one of the quarterly dinners and met the right people, said the right things, and ultimately it opened a door to leadership for me at the company. And so I always tell people when they ask me, where's the future with career-wise, who engaged, who make yourself known to people, and just truly how I got into this position now. You were working with severe and persistent mental illness on the ACT team you were part of. What of that translated to working in long-term care? Like, how is this the same or different than that work? I would say it can be in both. You you know, you can go the skilled facility route or you can go the ALF route. And typically therapists are going to find themselves in a little bit of both. My personal preference is the ALF world because you do have some of those younger people put in there and you do have some more severe mental illness is what I found, especially in the rural areas. I love that population. So that was my preference, but I worked in both. And I, I think once you work with severe and persistent mental illness, it almost felt like a little mental break to work with adjustment disorders. And I don't want to say the easier things, but it, it just different. And it gave me an opportunity to hone in on those skills that I wasn't really using initially. I wasn't doing adjustment disorders. I was just dealing with a lot of psychosis. I thought mm-hmm. that was, it was great that I still got that, but it, I also, it opened up more opportunities. Now in your position as a, as a clinical lead, you're working with folks from all specialties. You're working with primary care folks and people from psychiatry and other specialties. What has it taken to work effectively with clinicians outside of your own personal clinical training? First, I was a little intimidated by it, to be honest. I I thought, how am I going to direct somebody when I'm clearly not a primary care provider. And just with time and being very attentive to when I would connect them with somebody that could answer the question clinically, I'm listening to that. I am not going to ever answer their clinical questions ultimately because I will always refer them back to their supervising attending. But I have picked up a lot um, over the time and I feel comfortable in steering them in the right direction, knowing who their resources are for those clinical decision making. It really hasn't been an issue. And then from the psych, psych med was a little bit easier. I've had psych med providers call me and said, I think I should obviously see this person, but I really don't know. Well, I can actually answer that. I can assess for safety. I can help guide that part of it if they're newer to it. And I've been able to do that on many occasions, but working again, collaborating with our head of psychiatry, uh, Dr. Mazzullo, and talking with Dr. Patel and Dr. Gourmet for PCPs, getting their input and bringing them into situations situations has really helped me guide them clinically. But yeah, I've, I've learned a lot. And I think that my skills as a social worker, obviously, I'm able to help those LCSWs on my team because I've truly lived it. But then also just the skills I have from being a therapist, I take into every day of being an RCL at this company of just I kind of replaced my patients with providers. So working with them in navigating, whether that's family 
facility, whatever issues they're coming up with and helping them navigate that. I think that's a really interesting point and one that all clinicians ought to really think about. I think that most of us who have chosen careers in healthcare have some skills that we learned to work with patients, but actually have a lot of application in other situations, whether it's colleagues or upset facility staff or family members. Like There are some things that we know that translate if, if we just let it. Definitely. Um, it, a lot of it's people skills. And when I interview anybody to join my team, I hound on people skills, customer service, and ultimately the patient's their number one customer in my but in this skilled facility, I mean, in this long-term care world, you don't just have the patient, you have the facility, the caretakers. So it's a whole nother element. And so I really stress to people that having those people skills, you don't learn that in school. You just have it or you don't. And so having that, it, it's critical to surviving and being successful in, I think, in healthcare, but definitely in long-term care world because you have so many people, like you said, patients, facilities, Adventist staff, family members. There's just so many players involved. It comes across that you seem to find some real joy in solving those hard problems and having those conversations. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I hate when a building's upset, but I do like to resolve the problem. I've, I've been able to develop a lot of relationships here, not just within our company, but with the people that we're, we have a partnership with. To me, it's is, you know, it's listening to what they need, what's important to them, and then marrying that with our policies and procedures, and then coming to an agreement together. And once we can do that, typically it's smooth selling from there. Wow. Well, I love that vision of what a well-functioning team can look like and where the real work is. So thanks so much for taking a few minutes to share with folks what brought you to where you are. Yes. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Lee and to you, our listeners, for joining. You can look forward to another episode of Full Circle next Tuesday. Next week, we'll be discussing value-based care and ACOs at Aventus with some of our in-house value-based care experts. Have a great one.